Hi guys, and welcome to the Shrewsbury Biscuit Podcast. Now, before we get into today's episode, um, I want to just have a, a talk about this, the Shrewsbury Biscuit and, and kind of where it is at the moment. Um, okay, so uh, this that, the last few weeks have been here, there, everywhere. There have been things I've said I was going to be able to go to that we can't go to anymore. Um, and it's mainly because I, I started a new job, uh, a few life change, life changes, lifestyle changes, uh, positive things, you know. But they're things that um, I've had to um, uh, come first before the show, basically. And if you have a life and family and job and stuff, you'll you'll understand. It, the biscuit's not going anywhere, not at all. But in this moment of uh, unsettlement, in this moment of where I'm trying to feel, feel around and find where everything is in my life at the moment, uh, things have been a little bit up in the air about where we're going to be doing things and how we're going to be doing things. And um, so we were supposed to be at the flower show. We couldn't be there because um, I started a new job the the week before. Uh, there were a few things going on that week I couldn't go to either and uh, Camp Festival we're not going to be at either and I'll explain why now Um, but uh, yeah so I'm very sorry that we haven't been able to be out there as much as normal we're not going anywhere just making a few changes and once once the dust has settled I'm pretty sure we'll just crack on as normal Um, but I always say to people if they want to come and join me on my travels that um, the the Shrewsbury Biscuit as a host co-host or as a as a as a partner of whatever it is we're doing it's always there until you know for as long as it feels comfortable to do so and uh, whenever you know if you're happy to do these things and go out with with me with microphones and get interviews and stuff then then that's cool um sometimes positive life changes come in the way uh getting not getting in the way they're good they're good things and uh, it means that you know uh different priorities change don't they so um with that um Verity has had some very positive life change, lifestyle changes, and um, so we she's stepped away for a bit, but we're still good friends, um, and I you know wish Verity the absolute best in her new challenges and what she's going to go out and do with her life. Fantastic, and she may come back. We never know. But I'll, all I want to say is thank you, Verity. Thank you so much for we've had such a great time. Some of the adventures that we've had, some of the conversations we've had, we've had so much fun. And I think Verity made me a better person as well. So Verity, thank you so much for your for what you've been doing on the biscuit. And who knows? We never say never on the show. So congratulations on your on, on what's going on with your life at the moment. Um go out and smash it, Verity. I know you will. Now, um <laughs> that's out of the way. But I'm I'm genuinely I'm I'm mixed up about it because obviously I'm gonna miss Verity being on the show, but she's a good friend too, so I'm very happy for her. Um I just also uh, want to say that <clears throat> we do have a new website coming soon. At the end of August, um, I've been chatting with the guys at Web Orchard, just making a few changes to it before we launch it. We're going to get uh, a new a new logo. There's going to be a new look. It's going to be fantastic. But there's new opportunities with the biscuit as well. Um, I am going to – I'm finally okay with going out there and getting adverts, locally sourced adverts for the show. Um, and the way I'm doing it is, is – um, a regular or a large slot. So a regular slot is a 20-second advert, which may be adjacent to another advert. And a, a large slot is a 40-second advert by itself. Uh, we can have four regular slots, or we can have two large slots per show. Um, and if you do want to advertise on the Shrewsbury Biscuit, please get in touch with me. I, I don't charge an awful lot at all. In fact, it's really cheap compared to the rest of the advertising out there. Uh, please email me. And the email is shrewsburybiscuitpodcast at gmail.com. 
Right, on to today's guest then, Vanessa Fairfax-Woods. Uh, a great interview we did at her house. Um, it was really, really great meeting Vanessa. Um, so what tends to happen when I book a guest for The Biscuit, I like to research my guest, unless it's somebody I've met uh, on the spot for the first time at a festival somewhere. That happens sometimes. But what I tend to do, where you'll find me before an interview, um, whether it's the day before or the morning before, I will be sat on the sofa with a tablet or a laptop or my phone, and I'll be researching uh, the guest I'm about to, to speak to. Sometimes I'll make notes. Sometimes I'll just go in with the knowledge I've learned before going in. Um, with Vanessa, um, so, I mean, it's, it does happen from time to time where I will research a guest and I, it'll be like, oh, because all the components are there for the perfect podcast. You know, there are, there are, um, with Vanessa, it's, it's all about art. It's all about mental health. It's all about body positivity. And it's all about the putting, the, putting things right and standing up to them. You know, it's all about those things that I feel are oh, just great to talk about. So, yeah, before going into this, uh, this, uh, this podcast i was very excited and what that does it creates like a an energy before we've hit, even hit record and i can feed off that energy throughout the whole interview and you'll hear this now um i i had really really good time meeting vanessa and um i think you're gonna enjoy this one so without further ado i'll leave you with this one uh this is the amazing vanessa fairfax woods enjoy Hey guys, and welcome to the Shoes with Biscuit podcast. Uh, I'm Alex Whiteley, and uh, today I'm speaking to um, a person who I've been learning a lot about this week. Um, a person who I feel um, has a lot of uh, a lot of things in common with our stances against certain things, uh, and uh, a great artist, photographer, and uh, doer of things. Uh, Vanessa Fairfax Woods, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Thank you for having me. It's uh, it's an honour, it really is. Um, I know originally we were meant to speak about a pop-up you were going to be doing in Shrewsbury, right? Yes, I um, originally was going to be doing a little pop-up studio to raise some money to go to New York, uh, where I've been um, invited to go and be part of an arts festival out there. It's really exciting. So, um, so yes, originally it was going to be that, but that's been cancelled, unfortunately. Um, so we can talk about anything you like. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, you messaged me. It was really nice, actually. You're like, oh, well, I'm not doing the pop-up now, so I don't know. Like, Are you a Slopian? Are you talented? Then let's get you on the show, because that's what it's all about. Oh. That, that gave me the biggest boost. It was so lovely. I was like, oh, thanks, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we like to do on the show. We like to speak to talented people. And, um, you know, uh, your work is has got a lot of meaning, um, both towards your, your beliefs and, and to you personally. Um, but I think what we need to do is understand a bit about you as a person, before we okay. before we get into that, so where do, where do, are, do you, are you a, a natural Slopian? Do you come from here originally? Or? Um, I've lived in Shropshire for about twenty odd years. I've moved all over the shop actually. Um, in a very potted history, I went to thirteen schools, so I moved a lot um, around the UK and in France as well. So um, I was brought up in a family of artists. So my dad's a sculptor and my mum's a painter. And um, so I, as a little one, I used to go uh, travel basically wherever my dad would have a commission. So he used to be like an artist in residence around um, 
towns all over the UK and we'd stay there for like three months or six months and stuff like that. So yeah, I've had a bit of a bonkers upbringing, but always surrounded by art and um, things like that. So that's where it comes from. I think mainly more importantly, the license to be creative. Yeah. I think um, what I've realised in other families is that um, when I look at how other people are brought up, it's like they're not encouraged to be creative all the time and that sense of play and um, expressing yourself in a creative way just isn't thought about as a priority. Yeah. Whereas actually I was brought up very much that that's a priority. And it's, you know, it's kind of lovely that I've had that, but it is so sad that other people haven't got it in the same way. We were just kind of weirdly talking about something parallel to that uh, just before we hit record. And I was talking about, you know, I've got I've got a new big boy job. Uh, <laughs> so like, yeah, I was talking about like, you know, going from doing the radio and you suck and listeners of the show, the things that I make will, will know that I've reined things real right back to its bare core. In fact, you know, I'm recording four shows for August and releasing them so I can go out and do responsible things. Well, one of them is going on holiday, which I think is an investment in myself. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and, you know, I feel like, I don't know, man, it's it's kind of, I have to go out and get that big boy job, but I can't, if I could sit behind the microphone every single day and yeah. get paid for it, I would, everybody knows, every, everybody listens to this, well, that's a no-brainer, I would definitely snap that job off, do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, and I'm the same, and it's, you know, it's an interesting one, yeah, we, we were talking beforehand about that balance between being um, really kind of like faithful to your creativity and to what you feel that your craft is and what you want to say with your craft yeah. um, and making money. And unfortunately, in the society that we're in, it's incredibly difficult to find that. You've got amazing artists like Tracy Emin and stuff like that who've kind of like absolutely smashed it out of the park. But there are the 0.0001% of, of people who can do that. And for most creative people, you have to find a balance between making sure that you're scratching that itch and paying the bills. I... I like the fact that you learn, you use the term scratching that itch because <laughs> it is like, it's really hard to explain. Like if I didn't do the biscuit, like I've just <laughs> had a very frank conversation with a professional that works for me uh, and talking about like, if I didn't do this, I'd probably go bonkers. Yeah. hundred percent. And for years actually, I mean, I've, I mean, I've come to, um, fruition, I suppose you'd call <laughs> it, um, kind of late in life. I'm 42 now and I only just um, graduated from my MA in photography and I did my BA at 39. So I was really, really late to coming to it and I kind of tried to suppress my creative urges, streaks, whatever you want to call it, um, for years and it made me miserable. It actually made me ill. Um, I have long-term mental health issues and actually what I found was the more authentic I am to being open to my creative process, the better I am, the healthier I feel. And it's so important if you've got that in you to keep that and nurture it. It's like a vent, isn't it? Yeah, it's 100%. Like, tss, yeah. Tss, you yeah. know, release off a bit of steam. Uh, and this is the same for me. I totally, totally um, empathise with you, especially with uh, mental health issues. It's not, it's not uh, an easy thing, but... I feel like I mean I've been looking at your at some of your videos and and the and the, the the work you've been doing around mental health, and I feel like it's a really hard thing to visualize, to contextualize yeah. in in a way that you know it, it's it's um, personal to you, you know, yes. and I feel like you do that really really honestly. You know, and really easily in 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 what it looks like on on page or on the screen. That's just, uh, <laughs> um, but how did it? How long did it take to get to a point where you could actually do that? Um, 
that yeah it was it was a tricky one because I had a breakdown last year and I was off work for a long time and I was in and out of Oak Paddock which is an amazing facility near Redwoods actually absolutely amazing if anybody wants to chuck any money towards um, a good mental health course please donate to Oak Paddock because they are unbelievably good um respite center up there and um I was kind of I was in a state where I wasn't able to be creative but I was still kind of like thinking through this process and one of the things that I created for my mental health project was um this Rubik's cube that's um made up of different face my face on different sides and to um show kind of like how you can be completely recognizable one second and then completely unrecognizable another second and then what that does to try and get yourself back to feeling like you're yourself again and that was something that in oak paddock there was um one of the chaps who was in there with me he had suffered really badly from anxiety and he carried a rubik's cube everywhere with him so it was like even though I wasn't really thinking it, it was there ticking away in the back of my mind throughout the whole time that I was poorly. And if I hadn't been there and if I hadn't gone through that, then actually that would never have happened. So it's it's kind of like an interesting thing where even though you're not consciously processing things in a creative way, it's always kind of like ticking in there somewhere, getting through, yeah. and then the ideas kind of just pop up. And I was reading about that. That's that's that, that one of the sentences, uh, one of the paragraphs. It, it really struck me from reading about that was um, you're talking about a, um, paint by numbers and Rubik's cubes and the, yeah. the, the activities they give you to do. I mean, normally people would be like whatever, yeah. but when you when you broke that down and you said, well, they're actually they mirror what we're actually trying to do with our mental health. I was like, oh my god, that's so humbling. That really is when oh, you realise. Oh, good. I know. I'm, I'm really pleased it came across like that because, yeah, it, it was a real kind of light bulb moment for me because, again, you know, I was doing them and I didn't realise it until much later when you start reflecting on it and you're like, oh, my God, this is exactly <coughs> holding up the mirror to this process. And, um, yeah, and it was a really nice way because I think also, especially with conceptual art, and it's got such a bad rep, and I, I get why it can be, because some things I look at, I think, Jesus Christ, what the hell's going on here? But um, <laughs> but I think to kind of find things that are really recognisable to people, like paint by numbers, like colouring in, like um, the Rubik's Cube, is like everybody knows what it is, so it's quite easy to find something then that you can kind of like communicate as a way back to people, because they immediately recognise it as what it represents without you having to explain it too much. Yeah. And there is a lot of passion behind your work. And do you feel like um, passion, one in one way or another, can I both by either like encourage your work and make it better, or can also hinder it in a way that you you maybe don't realise? I went out and I was like, the Justice League movie is the best movie ever made. And then I watched it like four times. After, I was like, actually, it's terrible. But it's because I love Batman. I was kind of like, that was the passion behind me saying all that, right? So what I'm trying to say is like, do you think your passion can push you a little bit too far? Sometimes? Oh yeah. Um... There's so the 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 work called it's called the F word and it's about um, society's fear of fat and I'm fat and I'm okay with it but a lot of people struggle with either alluding to me being fat or alluding to themselves being fat and you know people are always praised about sort of you know losing weight rather than putting weight on and all that sort of stuff and I get really 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 cross with it and that's something where in my personal life there have there are certain relationships which I now really struggle with because they are very much embedded in um, the thin is good ethos. And I have, I'm absolutely in the other camp and we can't agree on it. And it's really hard. 
I think natural is beautiful. I really do, and I always have done. I always have done, and um, I know there are a few advocates for for you know uh, body positivity. And I was very shocked to read a story about Lizzo yesterday. Actually, oh yeah, that was that really threw me as well. Um, because she's her music, her videos, her everything that she does is all about body positivity. Yeah, she stands up against the comments on Facebook. She's 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 a warrior for it. Mm. But then the story's been released recently that she's she's her and her team have been body shaming the dancers. I and know, I'm like, that's that's that's, that's a real shock to yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah, it, I, I mean, hope it's not true. I hope it's just a. I hope it's not true, but you know, if if it is, then it needs to be tackled head on, and um, you know, let's see what happens with that. Because yeah, it really threw me. Because especially somebody who's such an advocate for all positivity, all bodies are amazing, everyone's beautiful. It was just like what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, really threw me too. Yeah, I mean, if you've got somebody in that camp, I mean, that's really dangerous. When you've got someone yeah. in that camp that is is an advocate for body positivity, but on the inside, they're actually. Mm. one of the tor- yeah. tormentors yeah. that's uh yeah. that's very dangerous in fact you know so i, f- I hope it's not true and i hope it, g- it gets resolved and if it, but if it isn't true i think you're right you need to definitely uh, delve into that mm. but we don't we don't work with uh becky listening as well with a, a lilith body p- positivity work as well um and you know i've, I've been a, a for guys as well i feel like i know i know it's, it's wrong to be like oh but what about guys but i feel like <laughs> there, there is with the chris hemsworths of the world and the way things are going with models i feel like there is also a claim there that guys need to sort of i'm going to turkey in a couple of weeks i'm getting my kit off i don't care yeah. <laughs> i don't care what people think about me like you know i've got a poster in the uh, bathroom actually that says beach body ready it's a thing to do you remember those awful adverts like uh, oh god they're probably about 10 years ago now where there were uh, they got slammed they were yellow ones with women in bikinis and they're like beach body ready oh really and i've got the poster upstairs and it's a huge guy in a onesie <laughs> saying he's beach body ready and i'm like yes you're beach but everybody's beach body ready i think the message behind it is can everybody just be nice and just be yeah. accepting i think you know and it's you know it's awful because yeah I, and i agree and i think you know it is it is meant to and I, obviously i know that you know um women women definitely get the brunt of it um it in every level um with makeup with hair with clothing with absolutely everything i mean like um but but it's it's definitely prevalent in men too i mean something that i and i don't know what the the stats are on the on the men male sizing but uh for i'm a size 16 um the national average of a woman is size 16 and 90 percent of um female clothing only goes up to size 16 and then it goes into plus size so what that is telling women straight away who is a national average that they're too big they're on the absolute brink of acceptability before they're then put in a special pot and that's wrong and it's crazy isn't it because i feel like when it comes to uh speaking out about body positivity i mean from only what i i know and what i've I've Mm. sort of read and stuff like america and and the uk are kind of like this maybe australia too uh the 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 people the the people that make the most noise about it you know and so maybe it's something to do with the manufacturers of our clothes where they come from maybe there's more of a percentage of people that are actually like a bit more strict and and care we're in, in, in maybe in the wrong ways about body imagery and the kind of so maybe there's a percent a more of a percentage of body sizes in Europe and places where I don't know I don't know how that works but I think maybe that's probably where it is but I think there needs to be more work put into it because there does and you know it's like being fat doesn't mean that you failed being fat can be 
amazing and wonderful and you can also be healthy I think there's this whole thing where it's like if you're fat you are obviously dying very early and you know you can't or you're lazy or you're lazy and all that sort of thing and it's like actually no you know yes there obviously are health issues that come with certain levels of um, obesity and things like that but there's also huge health risks with being too thin and people never ever focus on that so you know we've really got to think about the balance between it and you can still have a healthy lifestyle and be chubby because I do <laughs> so <laughs> this is one of my arguments not since I was about 20 have I been skinny and I was really skinny but then I'm like, you know I did what most guys do and um but I'll never have anybody call me lazy. I'm one of the hardest yeah. working people out there. And, you know, people that follow the biscuit will, will see that. And they have seen that mm. over the years. I'm not lazy. I'm a, I'm a very hardworking person. So if anybody calls me lazy, like they can call me fat all they like. <laughs> but when they call me lazy, that's when I get my back up because, <laughs> hey, come on. No, it's true. And I was the same, you know, I mean, like I was, when I did my BA and my MA, I was also working full time in a demanding job. So, you know, yeah, definitely fat does not equal lazy. Um, and the F word as well, the the, the, the suit that you create yes. for that. Can we talk a bit about that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's the thing that I've been invited to New York to go to, uh, which is so exciting. I've never been to New York before. So the the um, I collaborated with an, a really, really talented costumier called uh, Nicholas Immaculate. He lives in Maysbury, so very local. Um, he's done costumes for um, Madonna, um, take that. Um, who else has he done? Um, quite anyway. Yeah, he's done some amazing stuff, and um, luckily he's a friend of mine. So uh, we collaborated on this this costume where basically I got um, I photographed my um, untamed flesh, and then I uh, had it turned into fabric, different types of fabric, and he created a costume that is it's quite confronting. Um, again, it's very much like Marmite. People either love it or hate it. Mm -hmm. And um, it kind of like plays around with the very stereotypical conformity of what is beautiful for a woman. So there's one boob that's huge and there's one boob that's small. And then we're kind of like playing around. We've got the corset kind of like getting the belly to spill out instead of squishing it in and all mm -hmm. that sort of stuff. So it really plays with the um, the way that we assume a human female should um should look and should be beautiful and so it actually ends up looking quite grotesque um but it's amazing and it's you know it's a real it's a real um talking piece um what's going to be interesting in new york is that um the festival it actually takes place place on 14th street in manhattan so i'm going to be walking down 14th street in that costume nice yes and there is a boob out, and I had to check that that was uh, legal over there, and apparently it is. Nipples are. Oh, I did see a, a, a video of you in the in the um, in the Darwin Centre. Was yeah. it? <laughs> how how quickly did you have to do that before somebody noticed? It was fine. I actually got permission. Um, uh, the bid are just yeah, they are. amazing, the absolute yeah. Big shout out to them, and um, they got me access in there and access to the old Top Shop when it was empty as well. Um, so I shot a lot of uh, photographs in the old top shop with some mannequins and things that were still there. Um, and yeah, there's me going up and down the elevators, <laughs> which is quite funny. You have a boob out. And, and <laughs> Margaret's there early for a shopping. Yeah, I know. Well, the clean, because we got there really, really early and then the cleaners started coming in. And it was like, right, time to leave now. <laughs> um, there's there's something really vulnerable, vulnerable about when art becomes like that when when you're out there in your all mm. you know um and what's the what's the the 
the drive towards that, where did that come from for you as an, as an artist growing up and you realised, actually, do you know what, I want to be out there at Floors and all? Yeah. Um, I think I, years, yeah, when I was little, I wanted to be an actress. And, um, and so I kind of went into that uh, route quite heavily and then realised I could never remember my lines. So... Um, could be a problem. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit of a problem. So I had this terrible thing where I had to do a monologue and um, forgot... 99% of it and nobody prompted me so it was a really short um, <laughs> piece on stage so so that kind of put me off acting I was like oh Christ what can I do now and then I started um, a photography course and I thought oh I can perform this way instead nice. so and I found um, inspiration through um, photographers like Cindy Sherman who does a lot of that sort of stuff um, and um, yeah and kind of like found a voice through through that and through sort of performing for the camera, uh, you don't have to remember your lines, which is really useful. <laughs> and uh, Smile or don't <laughs> smile. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's it. It's just done. It's over. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, no, I found, found that a way. And I think that I've always been kind of like really passionate about, um, in particular, women's rights and um, equality and that sort of stuff. I was brought up, my mum's like an ardent feminist and... Um, when I was little, she took me to Greenham Common, the um, the big camp in um, in Berkshire. When I was little, so I kind of grew up with this protest culture in my mind already. Nice. Cool. Um, so yeah, it was just it just felt obvious to kind of then explore that through my art. That's that's really nice. And like, like I said, you know, at the beginning of this podcast, you know, get, have a license for creativity, but a license also to stand up. For, for those who need to be stood up for. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, it's, um, I think that's one thing that sometimes, again, friends and family have struggled with, um, with some of my more personal work is that it's not just about me. And sometimes they're kind of going, oh, but that's you. And I'm like, no, that's me performing. That's me being or representing something that I struggle with in society yeah. rather than it's like, oh, it's, it's all about me um as a person no but sometimes as well you, you can do that and make it all about you and then someone yeah. will relate to it you know yeah. I, I made a, a quote uh on on a podcast a couple of podcasts ago the Shropshire mental health service takeover did what i do right now it doesn't matter if we're talking about the most mundane subject in the world if it takes someone away from their their lives for an hour yeah. and gives them a bit of peace yeah. and quiet then and we're going to do that, you know, so I can talk about myself as much as I like. Go for it. And feel, <laughs> and feel absolutely fine with it, you know. Um, and, you know, it, it must work. Do you get a lot of a lot of feedback of people that you've helped and, and encouraged? Actually, it's amazing. I get messages from people who say, thank you for that. Um, I needed it. Um, and that's, thank you for that. I do. I, I read it. I felt exactly the same. Really? Did you? Did. Oh, no, no, thank you. Because it, it means so much when you kind of like go and, and you know, I've had people go, oh, God, you're a role model. I'm like, am I? <laughs> you know, I live in Shrewsbury and I've got a silly sausage dog. And, and, you know, I kind of like fuddle about my life. But then somebody goes, oh, you're a real inspiration. I'm like, oh, OK, thanks. <laughs> so it's lovely. It's amazing how we how we grow. Uh, with maturity, I, I'm um, a big friends with uh, a radio show in in America, Matt Connaughton Unleashed. Um, uh, great friends of mine, and it's a, it's an apolitical show, so it's you can go in and argue about whatever you know. Yeah. And um, one of the one of the uh, one of the people that regularly goes on the show, uh, John Hopwood, um, called me um, a, li a liberal bigot or left wing bigot. I think it was. <laughs> Because we had a disagreeing about something. I think it was a particular word he used. And um, back then I was kind of like, <laughs> we had this massive argument on this radio show. Brilliant. It was amazing. But just uh, this week, we've kind of like, 
I've, I've kind of like created a sense of calm where I can just be a bit more forgiving yeah, and a bit more like, I saw a message, John, he's going through some hardship and I was just kind of like, hey man, I'm sorry we fell out. Mm. But actually you're, I'm in awe of your episode. And we actually started chatting. Do you feel like when you, when you, how does it work for you? Do you, do you feel like you becoming more impatient, more patient, more forgiving as you're getting older with your work? Oh, definitely more. Ah, that's like, that's an interesting, I'm more forgiving in like myself. I, have been known to be quite impatient and willful in my time. <laughs> um, but I think that, I think it's a difficult one with the, with the work though, because like I keep, I just keep finding more and more stuff I want to explore or protest or, um, but I don't think I'd want to shut anyone's conversations down. Or what I'd want to do is open the conversations up. And I think yeah. that's something that's really important, especially with the work that I try and produce is what I want is to people to go, huh, hadn't thought about it like that. Let's have a chat. And I think that's something that I really struggle with in, in today's society where everything seems to be very black and white is that people can't, with opposing views... Apples re- to oranges, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, they really struggle to to have a a proper conversation without it getting personal or heated or somebody just shutting down. And that's, I think that's a skill that we've lost and I really hope that we can bring it back because that's where you learn and about life. And that's why I love what I do with the biscuit because I think conversations getting lost, especially in this TikTok area, you know, where everything's short. Oh Christ, I can't. Um, (laughs) I think TikTok would be great for you actually. Well, I I keep thinking about it. The only thing is it's so loud when it comes on, it does my absolute head in. Mm. And I know I can, I'm I'm sure there's settings that can turn these things off, but obviously I am (laughs) hugely a Luddite really. Um, But yeah, no, and I keep thinking about TikTok because um, I did some, I don't know if you saw them, the sort of parodies of beauty hacks Yes, um, I did. They're yeah, brilliant. And I think they'd lend themselves to TikTok really well because they are ridiculous videos. I saw one with this girl, and she, a big girl, you know, with some blemishes on her skin, um, and she completely transformed herself. And the way to, to transform herself was to put so much makeup yeah. on her face. Like, I was like, oh my god, she's literally, she's literally got a paintbrush and she's painting it on. And I'm like, How, what? That's not you, though. No. And the thing is, is that when you actually you see people in the flesh with that on, it looks really weird. It looks great at a certain angle with a certain filter and the light. Because, you know, I've done it for those beauty hacks, actually. Like, it, it was quite funny because I used to trowel it on. I've still got so much makeup left over from it. Trowel it on. And, yeah, it looks great on screen. It look amazing. I look like an absolute nutter in my life. That looks geisha. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Oh, the new Joker's out. You know, it, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's fine for it. I mean, makeup makeup can be really fun and it can be really playful. I mean, I love watching Glow Up on the BBC. I think it's a, a brilliant show uh, where you can show creativity. But it's just when people rely on it as a as the only way that they feel safe or authentic or something like that. I used to like, uh, is it Queer Eye for a straight guy? Oh, I love it. Love the, those it. guys are just insane. Amazing. Absolutely insane. I would love to go on a night out with them because <laughs> they would just be ridiculous, wouldn't it? it yeah. would, everything, no, there'd be chaos, absolute chaos. Uh, but I used to love watching that because I feel like sometimes, you know, when, when it comes to these guys that are kind of in a bit of a rut, I consider myself as a, in a bit of a rut at the moment, I put a bit of weight on, there's no, you know, self-esteem's been sapped a little bit, but I'm starting a new job, mm. starting a new page in my life. I'm 
just today, I feel like I've got a surge of energy where yeah. I can just feel like I can take anything on. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like sometimes it needs a kick up the ass to be able to do that. That's why I like that Queer, queer Eye. Because oh, I've, it's brilliant. I know. I'd love to I'd, I'd love to be on it. Is there anything, I mean, you, you mentioned Glow Up. Is there anything mm-hmm. that you, you've seen recently that is, is kind of like, ooh, giving, giving you that uh, inspiration to, to get working on something? Well, it's a bit weird and it's not anything I've watched. It's... About six to eight months ago, I got 13,000 new followers on my Facebook page. Nice. And they're all from Bangladesh, Pakistan Pakistan, Uh, and India. And they're all asking for my services. (laughs) And I'm like, this is weird. What's going on? And they've been sending me these kind of like weird romance videos. It's It's all weird. I don't know what's going on, but I'm like, there's something in it as in bollywood stuff like. yeah kind of okay. weird like their own homemade bollywood tiktoks i suppose so i don't know if they're wanting a wife or if they're just other services but um i'm not respond- bobs and virgin <laughs> I've, I've, I've heard that many times not by me personally but by friends yeah so yeah i don't know i feel like there's something in that to inspire me at the moment because i'm just like why why have i suddenly become on their radar what the hell happened there has somebody put me on there as a joke has has my algorithm got mixed up in something weird? I don't know. It's interesting. So, yeah. So, are you thinking of leaning on it a little bit? I'm kind of, yeah, I like to. I'm not going to interact with them. I don't want to interact with them. But I'm, at the moment, I'm collating all of their profile pictures and the videos they've sent me. Nice. <laughs> I they're like that. We- they're weird. They're really odd. Um, and, you know, I feel like there are certain behaviours, especially when it comes to social media, with, with <laughs> things similar to that. That can create insecurities in, in young girls. Yes. In particular, um, dick pics being one of them. Yeah. Uh, insults, um, aggression, and the nice guy syndrome sort of stuff oh, you see. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there, is there anything in your work or is there anything like that that you produce that can sort of help people through that? Those are those, those, the things that kind of really aggressive, aren't they, <laughs> like in the world? Or is there any, anything you could do or any advice? I mean, how do you deal with something like that? Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, I'm. I'm looking at it as a, a kind of, con, as a conceptual thing. I mean, obviously, it's not a. Per, I, I don't find it personal for me getting dick pics. No, and, no, no. Um, also got sent a pile of money the other day in a picture. I was like, I wish that was real. <laughs> yeah, share this to ten people, <laughs> yeah, exactly. and we'll send you the band. From- <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, it's it's hard, and I'm so glad that I didn't have social media when I was a teenager. Um, my sister's a lot younger than me she's 26 now and so she did and I've seen the effect it's had on her and how she feels about the way she looks and how she feels about her body um and it's 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 so sad because she's gorgeous and amazing and wonderful but she doesn't believe it at all um and I think a lot of that is down to social media and also filtering yourself like I find that because my my brother's a lot younger than me as well he's even younger and I find that they filter themselves a lot and they especially when they were teenagers they kind of like really watched what they were doing all the time whereas when I was a teenager it was just like whatever was going on and I didn't even think about what people would think about me or my behavior or my actions or my friends or anything like that because there was no mirror putting being put back up to us yeah something i've talked a lot about on the, on the on instagram and the reason why i bring up the the whole behavior for uh social media is because of because of those unsolicited situations yeah. where they're, they're, they're contacting you um 
but I feel like it kind of goes hand in hand with this Instagram era we're living mm. in where you mm. pe- people are having to either wear ridiculous amounts of makeup or yeah. uh, use use filters and stuff. And yeah, and the f- filter thing is, you know, I mean, like um, plastic surgery uh, requests now are more about can you make me look like this filter rather than can I have bigger boobs or whatever. And you just see a girl walking down with dog ears. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> There was a Black Mirror episode, I think, wasn't there, with somebody with was that, that was that with Dallas uh, Howard, Bryce Dallas Howard, oh, the one where she was all about the likes and the Instagram. No, she had a filter on, and she wouldn't she wouldn't come out from behind the filter. <laughs> really? Yeah, it was years ago. I can't remember, but yeah, you know, it's. I mean, it's interesting to see where it's going, and I think it's going to be interesting to see with AI as well. It's just, it's just a, ge- a, ge- a generation of real insecurity, and this is mm. something that I'm, I'm coming. I don't, I've never used filters or anything. Like that. I don't really, I, I, in all honesty, I, I've just make sure the angle's right. Yeah. You know, because I think from the front angle, I look all right from the side <laughs> angle. Bit of a chubster. Got to know your angle. But at the same time, I really don't care. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, but, you know, and it's it's a it's a real issue. But I feel like it's it's down to a lot of. I struggle a lot with uh, social justice issues on, on, on social media. Mm. There's a lot going on at the moment that I feel like I just, there isn't a strong enough voice for. Yeah. And I feel like yeah. when it comes down to the things that's going on, on Instagram, there isn't a strong enough voice to say it's okay. Yeah. I think there was, you know? there was something I watched recently and I think it was an old documentary. So don't go looking for it because it probably doesn't even exist anymore. I think it was on the BBC and it was about um, Instagram and the um, effect it has on mental health and, um, people with eating disorders in particular it fo- focused on. And um, there was what was heartbreaking, and actually since it's pointed out, I've noticed it, is that so people on social media, they'll join these, um, you know, get thin anorexia groups, those sorts of stuff. Yeah. And then, um, you know, they'll try and get help and they'll come out of them. But what Instagram does, the way that the algorithms work, is that it'll leave you alone for a little bit and then it'll go, hey, do you want to go back in this group? And then you might say no again and then it goes, hey, do you want to go back in this group? Hey, do you want to do this? Do you? And it just gently nudges you every couple of months to go, you sure you don't want to come back into this world yeah. And it's like, yeah, that could be a world of cute dogs, but it could also be a world of self-harm. And it's so dangerous. That happened to me with uh, a group I thought would be one of the best groups to ever go into. And it was, it was about The Office. I love The Office, mm. right? And I thought, oh, yeah, let's have, you know, share the, yeah. share the memes and stuff. And all it was was a, page, a hatred for Pam. And I was just like, <laughs> it, that's literally all it is. And if you say anything, whether you like Pam, you get abuse. If you don't like Pam, you get abuse. And it was literally, that's all it was, this most toxic thing. And I was just like, wow. That's so weird. That was something so wonderful as yeah. The Office. yeah comes this most toxic thing and yeah. it's genuinely like the worst thing and I, I left it and I still get suggestions yeah. from see them. that's the thing and and it'll pop up in your feed and especially now because it has the suggested post things so regularly is that however much you try and get away with it if you're still on Instagram or if you're on, probably with other accounts as well you will get reminded about mm-hmm. that and how strong you have to be to step away from that especially if you're dealing with you know, eating disorders and things like that. You know, it's it's hard. I, it's, I mean, yeah, it's, I, I can't imagine how difficult it must be if you still want to have that life and that social media sort of thing where obviously, you know, especially when you're a bit younger and that's, that's the way that you um, communicate so much. 
you know, as an old fart like me, actually, I could get rid of Instagram. It probably wouldn't affect my life too badly. But actually, people who still need to feel socially collected like that. Oh, mm. oh, can you hear Audrey? Audrey. Yeah, Audrey's on the podcast. Oh, you're, allowed, is... you're allowed to come on the podcast, aren't you, Audrey? Yeah. That's yeah. Audrey. Audrey, my my dog, is sniffing yeah, the, microphone. the microphone. Does that smell okay? Is it all right? Is it all right? Good. Dogs are allowed <laughs> on the biscuit. All right. Um, equality is really important. And I feel like we... I really thought we were making the right steps towards equality. And I feel like there's a couple of things that's happened. I feel like with cancel culture, there's, by the way, I am very proud to be woke, a woke person. And mm-hmm. I always say this, but I feel like it's getting a, a little bit out of hand where the, the slightest slur can be destroy someone's career. Yeah. Which is, uh, I think yeah. it's a bit ridiculous. I think there's, there is, there is, there are genuine, definite like insults and slurs that should be like, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when there's like a, Yeah. It's becoming a bit too much, though. So that, there's that happening, and there's also like a doubling down of bro humor, you know. And I've, mm. I feel like how do we? Because like Instagram can be really horrible for that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, it's hard, and yeah, I think you're right with the cancel culture. Because actually, when it first started, I was like, oh, this is really powerful, and it was like, oh, it quickly slid into oh, people can't have a point of view or learn from their mistakes. And that's what you were talking about earlier, is not yeah, having that conversation. exactly. And, you know, if it is just black and white, then we're just going to be polarised the whole time and we're not going to be able to have a conversation with anybody. And I think that actually also people in the public eye can make a mistake and learn from it and actually potentially be an ambassador for change once they've learnt from that. You know, I've said some stupid things throughout the years. I used to all the time, especially when I was doing You Suck and yeah. <laughs> my old skin, uh, my old my old show Thor's skin. We used to have a few beers and just talk yeah, nonsense, you know. I can imagine, yeah. No, if I did this with a glass of wine, I'd be saying all sorts of things, so. I remember um, I, I got asked, it was on, on a live show and I've got the sound clip somewhere. I think... I was I was doing a show with my my good it was Inglorious Barstools this this is show we had <laughs> and I got I got asked a trivia question at the beginning of the show what what was here what's here now that wasn't here in 1945 and I said Hiroshima and they were like oh like and it was just this silence across the group and I thought that's I was I, that's yeah, what I, yeah, I thought it was yeah. I thought it was a, something that I'd read long long ago and I accidentally offended everybody <laughs> live on yeah. this show I, yeah. that's, like, I genuinely thought that was the answer and that's the thing is like we say stupid things all the time all the time I, I think we need to be very very careful before we start doing cancel cancelling people because a you know a one-off or even a second off slip of something is completely different to somebody actually you know thinking about oh he's called yay now isn't he Kanye West um you know I mean he's obviously gone so deep into the rabbit hole of hate speech and mm-hmm. stuff like that yeah he needs to be cancelled that's somebody who's dangerous to be in the public eye but somebody I can't even think of anybody now who's done a, a slight thing and they're cancelled but you know it's just like just just be careful because it's people's lives you're playing with and also it's martyrdom as well if you if you yes. if you create a martyr out of someone like Kanye West I'm I mean, look what's happening with Donald Trump now. He's been indicted yeah. again. And and he's, he's probably going to be the next president again. Brilliant. Well done. But do you know what happened? He went, <laughs> he went hello, my supporters, I need money. And they're giving him money. The billionaire is asking for money and they're giving him money. It's, uh, out, it's outrageous. But actually, well, I'm just um, watching a really good documentary at the moment. It's called The Vow. It's an HBO documentary. Okay. Um, and it's about a quite a recent cult called Nexium. It's not the um, antacid drug that um, my other half takes all the time, um, but over in America. And and it's it's incredible how 
yeah, how manipulated people's minds can be and how if somebody's got the the space and the power and um, the way of saying things, how you can absolutely manipulate people's thought processes. And th- I mean, this this cult ended up being sort of all over the world with, you know, tens of thousands of people part of it. And they all thought it was absolutely brilliant. And it was anyway, I'm just going through the um, the court court case in the in the show at the moment. So no spoilers, no spoilers, no spoilers. <laughs> and this is this is uh, I guess it's dangerous for, for an artist such as yourself to see things like this, because then you could be like, oh, someone can work with that. Have you got to like, have yeah. you got to sense yourself? Have you got to like, be like, right, okay, I'm focusing on, on this one thing. I can't let anything else into it. Just distract me from it. Yeah, I think when I'm when I'm actually in a project, that's all yeah. I do and that's all I focus on. And I, I and I do quite heavy research into um, to sort of the cultural side of things, but also the, you know, other artists who've who've worked with those themes as well to see kind of like what they've done and um and how they've approached it too. It's really interesting to see how different... Is that so you don't step on someone's toes? So you also you can do something different or... Um, I mean, everything's been done a million times, hasn't it? But I mean, it's... Yeah, it's it's not necessary to not step on their toes. It's just to see what their point of view is because I think the more different ways you see how people have approached a subject, it opens you up to think finding new ways as well and approaching and go, oh, kind of going, oh, their approach combined with their approach could be really interesting yeah yeah so um so it's always worth doing doing lots of research and that's something that i learned from from doing the ma and the ba at falmouth university is that um that was huge i used to be really grumpy about doing reading for projects I'd be like oh i don't care da, 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 da. i don't want to read about some stuffy person um their theory on something and i've completely changed my point of view i've realized how much it enriches now um you might not necessarily agree with what you're reading um susan sontag is a very famous uh, photographic um writer and critic and i hate what she writes she is everybody's darling and i cannot stand her so i used to have loads of fights with everybody at university about susan sontag but um you know, it's it, but it's still in, important to read it in a way because it, you know, it's, again, it's going back to that thing about like you need to read the opposing view. And for me, in particular, like I, a lot of my stuff's about body image and you know, f- female empowerment and all that sort of stuff. If I don't read the red tops, if I don't read the Daily Mail sidebar of shame, I'm not doing my research. You can't just read the Guardian's take on. And that's what they said about Facebook and stuff, is that you shouldn't remove someone that's like... Yeah. As, a, as opposing... However views, much you want to. As much as you want. Is Audrey know. doing your head in down there? No, she's great. Okay. We're, we're, we're chilling, <laughs> we're chilling here. Um, it's all about acceptance, isn't it? You know, and this is what it boils down to, you know, is is why can't why can't we accept things that are different? Why can't yeah. we accept... And I think it's a lot of do, to do with... Um, projection project body projections when we when people get really angry about did you see that um that video of the lady on the airplane she's not he's not real that person over there's not real no what was that so she was on an airplane and she was obviously in crisis she was like, having a mental breakdown yeah and she's arg- she's demanding to be taken off a plane and saying that there's a guy in the back of the plane that isn't real there's a guy he's not mm. real it's not real and it went viral and she this girl has been Oh my god, it's so heartbreaking what's happening because it's gone viral, it's been remixed, it's been doing all and they're uh, all just taking yeah. the mic. Yeah. Um I saw one yesterday where they put like a a, a supermodel's body over superimposed on her, you know, some yeah. America. And I'm like it makes me so angry. I forgot where I was going with this now. <laughs> I got so angry about this. Um Oh, even Audrey's angry. Yeah, you should be. Absolutely should be. 
uh, acceptance, that's what I was talking about. Um, uh, accepting things that are different. And the, I think the problem with mental health and the problem with body images, they're scared yeah. of mental health. They, they're scared that they don't want to look crazy. So they over amplify what they're trying to mm. say, mm. what they, what they, you know, what they're going to, what they're going to, what they're going to say. And it's, it's, it's boils. I think it's, playground tactics i think it is definitely yeah. school playground tactics it's yeah. like I, I mean the internet is particularly childish i mean is, there's yeah. some things yeah. that i think is i thank god for the childishness of the internet but you know I, it reminds me actually i don't know if you remember i mean this was a million years ago when everything was on youtube and um there was uh britney spears was having a breakdown so it was 2008 and there was a there was a guy on there who was a big fan of hers and he was crying to the camera and he was saying, leave Britney alone. I remember that, yeah. And everyone thought it was the funniest thing in the world. And I did. I thought it was brilliant. And there was rows of remixes done and stuff like that. And I think about it now and I'm like, oh my God, that poor kid, he was probably not having a great time mentally. He was also defending somebody who was really not having a great time mentally. We all thought it was absolutely hilarious. And, you know, it's just how we use... Yeah, the internet and how we use other people's presence on the internet and then how we manipulate that as well. I mean, yeah, I could talk about that forever, actually. It's, um, yeah, it's, I can see, it's I can, never ending. And this is why I love your work, because you take you take that passion, what we've just heard right there, and you, you turn it into something visual that people can see. Yeah. And that's not easy. That's really not easy. Thank you. you know, it's, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. like, how do you, how do you, uh, for me, my anxieties are like a ball of wool yarn. Yeah. That's what it looks like. Uh, how do you display that in a way that is, 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 is a concept that people can understand? Mm. It's not that easy. It really isn't. No. And I think it isn't. And I think, I mean, a lot of it, and this sounds so cliched, like every artist always does this, but like a lot of my ideas come to me when I'm falling asleep. <laughs> Thank, so, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And you're lying there and you're like just drifting off and then suddenly you're like you're wide awake because you've got the most amazing idea on the planet. It's like, oh my God, I need to write this down now. Like I had the other day, actually for the New York thing, um, one of the things we have to do is on the Saturday night, there's um, a ball for us, for all the people who've participated and we have to make a dress out of paper for it. And I was like, oh God, I don't know what to do. I've got to take it to New York from Shropshire. It's in paper. It's going to get ruined. What am I going to make and then suddenly as I was falling asleep I was like post-it notes it's easy to take and then people can write on a post-it note and then put it on me and then they can build the dress whilst I'm there and I was so excited it was one of those things where I was like I suddenly awake and I was like oh my god that's what I'll do and you look fabulous at the end of it as well (laughs) well I hope I hope people do it otherwise I'll be naked but um (laughs) (laughs) the smallest dress there Mm -hmm. um but yeah it was like actually that and that you know I, I love that kind of idea of um audience participation within that as well and kind of like actually it's what they make is what is created and you know if I did it again at a different time it would be completely different you know people would write different things on there if you were to do that obviously you've got no problem with getting your kit off oh god no I'm honestly it's it's keeping it on that's the problem <laughs> <laughs> I was say when you when in a situation where there are people around you and yeah. you're doing something like that. What's going through your mind at the time? Are you proud of what you're doing? Are you? Is there other anxieties? Are you scared? Do you feel empowered? What's going through your mind? Yeah, I feel really powerful. I think it comes from, I used to be a life model years ago. So when I was, um, yeah, in my early 20s, just, you know, scratching together whatever money I could, I used to be a life model and I loved it because you'd sit there for two hours, not moving, and it'd be quiet 
and you get to basically meditate for two hours and it's just this really I, calm beautiful space is that, is that audrey growling what are you doing come here let me get a for not you not getting attention not getting attention that's what it is you're okay <laughs> um, bless her <laughs> sorry we weren't paying attention to the dog and she was like hey where's where's my microphone yeah exactly there you go you can share you can share my microphone so being in that space as, as a life that's one of the things I, I i think i think a lot of people like worry about staying in the right pose for like two hours and not like <laughs> yeah i mean you know you do get um pins and needles everywhere um but i used to love it i used to um it was so sad i used to pride myself on being the stillest model <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about I was talking skills to, staying still for ages I um forgive me I forgot her name I was speaking to her at the Bellevue Arts Festival the lady that runs the uh, the life drawing sessions at the Hive and I said I would like to go with a renowned artist Charlie Adlard or Cherie yeah. Gerard or uh you know uh anybody that that can actually draw let's go to Sam Pooley Stride she's amazing yeah, you know yeah 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 and then me go and just compare notes and she was like she was got really like not in my grill but she was kind of like everyone can draw it's true everyone yeah. can do this it's about learning how to yeah and i was like well okay yeah and it's I mean, nice. actually and i it, i think it's it's even one removed from that because actually i go to as part of my um recovery i go to designs in mind in oswestry which is an amazing mental health facility there where um, you get to do art. It's like it's it's a very gentle art therapy. Um, but then you get to to make things actually for the, for them to sell as well as so you get a real sense of achievement. Yeah. They've got an amazing. Actually, you should speak to those guys at Designs in Mind at some point because they're absolutely amazing. And um, the and so there's a group of like twenty of us um, in a room, and we um, most people are not artistically trained. But we, but what people create, and people have gone through all sorts of different things. There's people with me, you know, I had my breakdown. There's other people who've had like head injuries. There's other people who are autistic, ADHD, also like all the realms of mental um, sort of stages really um, are there, which is brilliant because it's a really nice support network. But also you get to see what people make. And actually some people who you'd say can't draw make, draw the most amazing things and they're the best designs out there because there's mm. just a completely different way of seeing as well um so it might not look like a cat but my god is it an amazing drawing of a cat i think and andy McEwen helped me a lot with understanding about um how subjective art can be mm. Because Andy McEwen will spend, you know, Andy McEwen, he's a light yeah, artist. Yeah. He'll spend, he'll record a, a, a stream in the garden and then he'll turn that sound into something visual whilst playing the sound as well. And yeah. like, for me, that's something that goes, that goes, that like breaks a, a, a barrier that, a, another barrier and another barrier of what, understanding what art is. Yeah. You know? <laughs> no, I do. And um, my dad actually loves playing with sound as well um, as as part of his practice. And I think that's what's, that's what's so amazing about art is that actually you can use anything. If you approach something and it can be absolutely anything and you think about it in a playful way and it's about playing and experimenting and not feeling like you're doing something right or wrong and just kind of just going with it and seeing what happens. You know, it's amazing what you can what you can come up with. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I did struggle with uh, contemporary art for a while. Um, but, you know, I was at the... Um 
the arts trail opener at the at the museum where I was chatting to John Rag and I was talking about this is beautiful I, I forget like art for me was something I, I I I enjoyed but it had to be something that would be like would be like Giga or um, Dali or something mm. that really make makes your motor running like obviously yeah but when it comes to something that's like a shade of black with lines on it I would look at that and be like somebody's just hit a canvas <laughs> with a bit. And what is that but now I'm kind of understanding it I've had a real education speaking to artists over the years yeah I bet yeah. and it's yeah. it's been a nice journey actually yeah, it's nice and I think it's about um, and my other half will, will tell me off now because he thinks the complete opposite we have good debates <laughs> where, uh, we're in for it now yeah we're in for it now <laughs> um, but no but it's good you know and that's what I love about having that safe space with him where actually we can really kind of like get to it with with discussing things and, and actually I often think um, you know it's about the artist's intent not necessarily what what is in front of you it's about sort of understanding what the artist's intent was he thinks the complete opposite so we can yeah <laughs> he thinks it's not about the intent and actually about what has been produced so you know you can see it both ways um but what i but i i find interesting is seeing art sort of um naively to start with so like a black canvas or something like that and then trying to figure out what how I feel about it, what I think about it. And it could be, oh, it's a pile of crap. Or it could be, yes, that's really inspirational. Or I think it evokes whatever in me. And then reading about the artist's intent for it and seeing if it matches up or seeing if it's completely different or if it then adds a new level of um, kind of awareness into that piece and I'm the same with films and with um books and again my other heart hates it because I won't read the blurb on the back of a book because I don't want to know anything in advance I want it completely fresh and I want it completely naive and then I want to after that then find out because I want my own experience to to not be inspired or sullied by somebody else and it, it kind of marries up with acceptance what we've just been talking mm. about you may, you may like a white canvas with a slight little thing on there. Um, and if you can accept and love that piece of art, it shouldn't matter no. what anybody else feels around you. Exactly, yeah. And yeah. so I feel like there is there is definitely a marriage when it comes to the acceptance of art, of what you may perceive as art, mm. your, own, your own perspective of that, and to culture, to religion, and to body positivity. Yeah. politics you know yeah. it, it's the same no it is and you know it's and also you know art is such a big thing we kind of clump it in this one thing but you know if somebody who does beautiful watercolors compared to somebody else who you know um works with light for example or like the conceptual stuff that i do that's very political you know they're so different from each other it feels like it shouldn't really be kind of put in the same bracket yeah what have you got to say about that, Audrey? You, you're growling. You want... There was a dog going past. Ah, there was a dog going past. Would you, what would you like to say to that dog that walked past, Audrey? Get out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> but it does... It, it fits on... Art is something you can't just go... Art! Yeah. Because it's like, it's like fits under an umbrella that's so big. It's huge. And, you know, you think about... And also, you know, people kind of like often value art very low in the grand scheme of life. But, you know, it, it's also music and film and you know all those things that actually we really can't live without you know life without all of that would be really dull dull you e know. equilibrium yeah 
that movie Equilibrium yeah. where Christian Bale's like oh, actually it's not that bad <laughs> I love that film it's really really good um, what are you are you working on anything new at the moment or are you just concentrating on New York I mean is there anything that you so um, just starting to do this research into my 13,000 new followers um, and figuring out what that is I need to get somebody to translate the videos so if anybody can speak any of those languages please let me know because um I would love to know what they're saying on them um and yeah and and also concentrating on New York figuring out what that's all gonna be like it's I'd love to how long are you there for five days five days I'd love for you I'd love to like throw some content because this is going to go out this podcast in about two weeks okay um, but I'd love to throw some context onto that. So any videos or pictures, send me a couple oh, yeah, of pictures yeah, yeah. from New, in New York that we can put on our... Uh, oh my God, that'd the, be amazing. Yeah, 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 I will do. Well, it's it's October in New York, so... Um, oh, we've got loads of time. Yeah, then. loads of time. Oh, right, okay. Um, so, we'll come with you. <laughs> <laughs> come on, long. <laughs> New York, I'm on my way. Yeah, Shrewsbury on tour, woo! <laughs> I'd love to do a, a, a radio show in New York. I think it would go down so well. Well, there we go. My dream's coming true, <laughs> yours can come true too. <laughs> it's weird right because i used to watch i used to watch uh frazier as a kid as the the thing that was before friends yeah and um it's only as i got older i realized there's quite a bit of sophistication to frazier that's that's actually quite nice <laughs> uh, and i uh, like i'm like oh maybe i could be a, a frazier great sit behind the microphone i don't know um there's something nice about about how we mature with the things around us you yeah. know yeah um like we were talking about cancel culture and and um I talk. I'm talking about this a lot at the moment, so it must be on my mind. The listeners will be like, "Oh, here he goes again." Tom Segura for me, right? Was a few years ago a, a comedian I just couldn't get on with. He was too, um, he was too in your face with some of his 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 uh, his, his um, ideals and stuff. Whereas now I'm a bit bit older and my <laughs> my patience is a little bit more uh, less. Uh, I feel like there's some things that I because there's a, a joke that he made. Um, about his boys. He was like, oh, yeah, I was chatting to my boys. Uh, and, they're, you know, they're real he-hims, you know. And we had the conversation. Don't worry about it. And that wasn't a dig at, at equality. That was a dig at what we were talking about, mm. about the cancel culture. Mm. And I kind of like that. It's kind of something punk rock about it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I think I do. Um, yeah, well, if you go into the, yeah, gender gender equality, it's, um, yeah, that's some... That's, Fire, that's napalm. That is proper <laughs> napalm. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, I know we actually had to... We were down in Falmouth for my graduation a couple of weeks ago and we had to move tables in a restaurant because somebody was being so vile about um, gender fluidity <laughs> that we asked to move tables. So, yeah, yeah. it's... It, you know, it is... And it, it it really kind of... I think it's... Um, that is an incredibly polarising topic. Yeah, yeah, of course it is. I mean, again... Go back to it's very simple. Why can't we all just be accepting of yeah, each other? Does, just it, like, does it bother you? No. Is it gonna is it gonna make your 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 cornflakes taste sour in the morning? Is exactly. it no? Just so. just just <laughs> chillax. It's chillax. This yeah. is how old I am. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I love that. Chillax. Let's bring it back. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know it is. It's just like oh for God's sake, just just think about something else. I, uh, and again, I think that's that's something that I love about art in particular is that actually it gives you a completely different focus on life you're not worrying about if your neighbors what anything it's like you're thinking about much bigger things and i like that a lot and i think having a focus in your life that's not about you your family your work the bills yeah yeah what's happening in the news it's so important to have something else 
going on there. It doesn't have to be art. I mean, it's, it's for me, but, you know, it, um, it can be golf or whatever, but just have something that takes you away from all of that everyday stuff. Yeah, it's really important, I think, because, uh, yeah, and also as well, it's good to get that actualization, that realization that actually what you're part of is probably a little bit toxic. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, I, I'm we're big fans of the, of the football club. Uh, we have, uh, you know, we're going to go into our first season with a season ticket. We love it. My little boy loves it. But I see quite a few things that are a bit, a bit of a bit trouble in there. You know, yeah. some of the kids there that are a bit too, look bit too into the, yeah. you know, and, and it's kind of like, well, is there something we can do um, to sort of bring that back a bit? I mean, we, I want to work with the club to to talk about sort of stories of, of people that have been a part of the club for years and years and years and years. Um, so maybe we can bring up a bit of that romance back. Yeah, I know it'd be lovely. And I think, you know, with football, it's, it, I've got a family full of f- massive football fans. And um, I kind of grew up when the hooliganism and all that sort of stuff was going on. So my first football matches were actually quite scary. And I still have that nervousness about going to a football match. And it's such a shame because it's a sport and we shouldn't yeah, feel yeah. frightened and actually you know going to the cricket is lovely and it's really chilled and it's like how can you bring that vibe to football i've been invited to the cricket round here oh nice yeah um i the the the, the host of a tws podcast a sports podcast he plays from uh, from around here he was like come come and uh come on and i was like but it's cricket though so you can have a couple of beers, but it's cricket though. It doesn't matter. I've, <laughs> He's I've, like, it's fine. I've been to so many cricket matches. I n- have literally no idea what goes on and I love it. To have a glass of Pims. It's great. <laughs> it's just it. such a nice day. Yeah. yeah. So I might be coming to Column uh, Cricket Club at some point with Excellent. a microphone. Just to, I'll, I'll chat to you guys when you're not batting or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever it is you do. Whatever it is you guys do. <laughs> um, I've, I've really loved meeting you honestly I've thank you learning about you over, over this last week and, and looking at your work and, and kind of understanding it I think and I think that's what we need to take a bit more time to do I think is to just take a bit of time to understand what someone's doing the message they're trying to mm. say and why yeah why they're trying to say it and you don't have to like it you know that's okay like I, I've got loads of people who really hate my work and that's fine but I think it's about <laughs> can you imagine having that oh your work is so revolting but <laughs> But I love you all the same. <laughs> that's a soundbite, but that's for sure. Happens every day. Um, but no, it is. It's about you know. It's about opening up that conversation. I think is the important thing. And, and what do you say to the naysayers? It's fine. I mean, like I don't. I don't make work for people to. Oh, this sounds so. This sounds so art speak now. I don't. <laughs> I don't make work for people to necessarily enjoy. <laughs> sounds so silly but it's about it's more about and I know again it's like I know that a lot of my work wouldn't go up on somebody's wall I know that that's not its place but its place is in um in making people think about the world and think about stuff that's maybe they don't normally think about I, th- I think that's that's I think thing. provocative art like we were talking about I was talking about Giga and 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 um uh, Dali, you know, my younger influences mainly from school, but I was kind of like, I loved Alien, so the, the Giga stuff was yeah, like, yeah, you know, perfect. Great for that. And anything that provokes a conversation yeah. or a way of thinking or, or an emotion, um, I think it's great. I think what I was talking about before uh, on a show, I was talking about um, trolls. When so many trolls a film or a thing, I feel like 
it's kind of done its job. And if you emote so, mm. uh, some sort of emotion where you feel like you have to tell someone you hate it, then it's obviously it's done yeah, something to you. Exactly. You know? <laughs> and actually, that's the thing from um, advertising. I don't know if it's still like that in advertising, but actually, you know, if you make an advert that people hate, it's still done its job because people remember yeah. it. Yeah, and then they're actually, uh, they're, they're kind of pushing in on that TikTok and the, the, the YouTube shorts. My, my kid, he's eight, he watches these things one after the other. And sometimes they'll be like, oh, Batman is the best hero in Marvel. And then it'll be like, <laughs> he's not in Marvel, he's in DC. And they'll start all these comments, but it's done its job. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, done its, it's yeah. done exactly what it was supposed to do. And, you know, that's that's where it gets its clicks. And it's Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. You know, yeah. it's, yeah, it's all about. And that in itself, it's art. You know? Oh God! Advertising's not- advertising's art, and and that's oh God, yeah. I mean, don't get me started on what's art because everything is art. Everything is art. There we go. <laughs> Where can people find your work if they want to look at your work? Um, so the most up to date stuff is on my Instagram, which is at Vanessa Fairfax Woods, and there's also my website, which is vanessafairfaxwoods.com. It's a great website, by the way. I just what I've been. You, I don't know if you have like a, a, a something that tells you somebody's on your website. I used to have one, but I've oh, been no, on there all morning. Have you? Oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> no, because there's, there's lots to look at there. So if you want to find a new artist that you you want to have a deep dive into, the website is fantastic. Yeah. No, the website the website's better for yeah a deep dive because it's got the the projects in full and and also an explanation about the. Projects. That's what I loved about yeah. it. It wasn't just like here's this video. There's this really nice readout. About, oh, thank you. You know. And I enjoyed that. It's like um, it was great because you get you get, uh, um, uh, you get lots to look at, and uh, you know it's really good. Really good. Um, what I, um, New York? We'll keep in touch with you yeah. about that. Um, it sounds good. really really exciting. You it's, it's, you're coming. So yeah, I'm coming to New York. New York, baby. <laughs> uh, is there any hope for the pop up in the future in Shrewsbury? Possibly. Yeah, I think it's um, it's just a tough time with some holidays and stuff to do it at the moment. But yeah, I mean it's. Um, watch this space but if anybody wants to get in touch to do um if anybody is interested in having a different type of um photograph done then give me a shout there's um, so many places in town that are great for that you know there's mr yeah. jones gallery it's just opening mm. um i know uh, Sh- uh shrewsbury coffee house they they do uh, quite a bit with art as well um and i think they've just opened up a, a public gallery in the uh, parade as well because of the popularity of the the arts trail oh really as you go down the stairs i'm pretty sure they're leaving that as a gallery oh, nice so nice yeah and it's you know it's great and all, uh, shrewsbury museum's brilliant as well yeah um yeah. i did a oh i won't start now because i know we're wrapping up but um yeah, I, sorry. <laughs> no, <you're not. laughs> I did have a three-month actual exhibition there all oh, right yeah cool um, so, but yeah, if, if anybody, um, if anybody's interested in having a chat about anything or yeah, would like, um, a different sort of photograph doing, um, I do do some quite fun, um, kind of like, um, lifestyle personal shoots as well, which are, yeah, quite entertaining. Sounds great. Well, it's been lovely to meet you today on the show. Oh, and you, absolutely. You're brilliant. welcome back anytime. Uh, really, seriously. So if you've got anything you want to plug, maybe we can chat before you go to New York. I don't know. It'd be fun. That'd yeah. Be great. On the plane. On the plane. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. Everything's a bit strong. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Audrey. You've Audrey, been great. Say goodbye. Yeah, say goodbye, Audrey. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you. Brilliant. Thanks. Just how awesome is Vanessa? That was great, wasn't it? And um, honestly, it was really nice meeting her. Uh, going around her house, she was very accommodating, uh, very welcoming. And um, do you know what? I feel like when I do an interview, I feel like everybody sort of, sort of becomes my friend. I'm kind of like, oh. 
can we uh, can we be friends uh i met it guys you feel the same too if you've been on my show you'll know um <laughs> but with vanessa i feel like um we could we could do a series of podcasts about that and um it, would, it wouldn't be boring it would carry on being ex- as exciting as it, that one was um so thank you vanessa thank you i really did appreciate um meeting you um okay so if you're listening to the shrewsbury biscuit podcast for the first time First of all, thank you so much for tuning into my show. I really appreciate you. Uh, also, you, you know, please uh, give us a follow on social media, whichever um, social media you prefer. We're on uh, Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Threads. Oh, it's not Twitter anymore, it's X, aren't we? And so we're on X, we're on Threads. Uh, we're on Instagram, which is my favourite. Uh, we're on um, TikTok, uh, we're on LinkedIn too. Uh, so please give us a follow wherever you prefer us. Um, and uh, yeah, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, remember what I said at the beginning of the podcast, advertising opportunities are now available on the Shoes of Biscuit podcast. If you have a business and you want to be heard, um, please get in touch. Uh, I'm offering uh, that there are some very cheap advertising possibilities and uh, opportunities for the biscuit. So email me at shrewsburybiscuitpodcast at the gmail.com or just drop, grab, grab us on social media. This was great. Thank you so much. And I will catch you guys next time. Peace out.